Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Friday, January 28th, 2022. Many shows will begin with some kind of previously on Revival from the Bible, or something to that effect to remind you where we've been. And today might be a good day to do that, to discuss where we've been on Revival from the Bible. This year, we're doing a chronological reading plan. And we're doing that kind of in a unique way, where instead of going through the whole Bible chronologically, we're breaking it up and going through the Old Testament and New Testament chronologically. So we'll read through the whole Bible this year, but at the same time, each day we're reading some from the Old Testament, some from the New Testament, but going through each of those in chronological order. So when it comes to the New Testament, we're going to spend roughly the first half of the year reading through the Gospels. But we won't be reading through Matthew, then Mark, then Luke, then John. We'll be kind of reading through a blend of all four Gospels, really a harmony of the Gospels. And there's a book called A Harmony of the Gospels where a couple scholars put that together. That's kind of what we use to come up with the order for that plan. And so we're really kind of reading through the life of Christ. Well, what have we seen so far? We've seen uh, some of the familiar things, the the Christmas story and all that led up to that. We read about you know the episode of Jesus as a boy. We then get into kind of the early things, Jesus's baptism, the ministry of John the Baptist, uh, the temptation. And now recently, we've seen the beginning of Jesus's public ministry. We've seen the first miracle, water to wine in Cana. We've seen uh, just him going around and teaching. We've seen him now yesterday choose the 12 disciples. But... Um, what we haven't seen is really a, a deep dive into what Jesus was teaching. We've got little snippets, right? Repent and believe the good news. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. We've seen a little snippet of him, you know, teaching in a synagogue and referring to Isaiah. Uh, but now we're really going to get into the first extended look that we get at the teaching of Jesus. And I think that should really get us on the edge of our seats. I think you especially see that in Matthew, where this is coming in Matthew chapter 5. It's clearly that the buildup of, you know, the the Christmas story in Matthew 1 and 2, uh, some other preparatory things in Matthew 3 and 4, now getting into Matthew 5, uh, we see Jesus opening his mouth and teaching in an extended way for the first time. So considering where we've been previously on Revival from the Bible should really get us on the edge of our seats for where we're going to be for the next few days, which is basically looking at the Sermon on the Mount, uh, looking at this extended teaching of Jesus. And we should come to this prayerfully and even letting all those things, this is the one, uh, you know, that was foretold to Mary, right? This is the one that the genealogies all lead to him. This is the one that John the Baptist said, behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one who is so great. John the Baptist doesn't even think he's worthy uh, to untie his sandals. This is the one of whom the father said at the baptism, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. This is uh, the one who is starting to perform these miracles. Now he is speaking. I want to listen. 
And I hope we approach this prayerfully uh, and humbly uh, that Jesus really would speak to us through uh, just what we have recorded in Scripture. Now, today we'll look at Luke 6, 17 through 26, and Matthew 5, 1 through 16. Let's briefly address some things in Luke, because you do see some minor differences, and that's where if you're saying, well, whoa, is is that a contradiction? No, it's not. And there's a variety of things. It's possible that this is a a record of the exact same message at the same time. And if so, well, it's doubtful that on a lot of these things, what we have is exhaustive, right? That this was the whole sermon. Uh, I mean, it doesn't take that long to read this. It's not improbable that Jesus didn't necessarily say more. As John says, if we were, if any of the gospel writers were were trying to record everything that Jesus said and everything Jesus did, you know, all the books in the world couldn't contain that. Um, Also, it's very possible that that these were captured at at different times. It's possible. Uh, And so as you think through that, Jesus was traveling and preaching. Uh, even today, if somebody travels and preaches, often they will, as they travel, preach uh, the same message or a very similar message, right? Where, where Jesus, it's not like he had one church that he was preaching at every Sunday. And so it was preaching through kind of consecutive things. He was traveling and often his message would have been the same or very similar. So all that helps us to put it together. But now let's really dig into the substance of what is being said. And, and Luke, as we see it there in chapter six, verses 16 or 17 through 26, we really see a contrast, this idea even of, of this great reversal where it talks about, blessed are you who are poor. Blessed are you who are hungry now. Blessed are you who weep now. Blessed are you when people hate you, right? right? All these things happening now. You, the world is looking down on you now. You're not successful now, but now woe to you who are rich. Woe to you who are full now. Woe to you who laugh now, uh, right? All, all these things, because he's saying, no, this, this is going to change. The ones who in this world are seeking to please Christ, and as a result of that, that brings suffering now, that is going to be flipped on its head someday. Uh, My Life of Christ teacher would quote Bob Dylan talking about this, saying, for the loser now will be later to win, for the times they are changing. And Jesus is saying, hey, the times are going to change, because even connect that to what he said earlier, the kingdom of God is at hand. In Christ's kingdom, things are going to be flipped on their head from how it is in the world now. And that is what we see there in Luke chapter six. But we go now to Matthew, and this is probably what you're more familiar with. Matthew does give us a sense of that reversal of that changing times. But Matthew also, we see it goes into more things that really emphasize our hearts, our attitudes, what's going on inside of us. And again, as I said, we want to come to the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, We want to come to it very humbly. We want to come with uh, just our desire being for Jesus to teach us through these words. And so I want to walk through the Beatitudes. And what I want to encourage you to do today is to pray through every single one of these things to pray that God would be transforming your heart to reflect the things that he talks about here in Matthew 5, uh, really in 1 through 11. Uh, And even then into the light of the world, the salt of the earth, that that Jesus would be 
just cultivating those things in your own heart. So I want to encourage you to pray through each of these one by one, and maybe even a few of them will stick out as things. I want to keep specifically praying for those things in the days to come. Well, what are these things? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, What kind of people are really going to heaven? And here it says poor in spirit. Uh, Really, the idea there is people who realize that they have nothing without Christ. Is that you? Do you realize that you have nothing without Christ? Do you realize that you so desperately need Christ because you are spiritually impoverished? You are spiritually destitute. And that is something ultimately that drives us to salvation, but that is a mindset really that we should keep throughout the Christian life, really reflecting what it says in John 15, apart from Christ, we can do nothing. I need Christ because my spirit on its own is poor and the only riches I can have are through Christ. Is that your attitude? Blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. I mean, do you truly mourn over the sin that you see in your life, in our culture, in the world, that the suffering that's a result of of sin? Do those things really grieve you? Or are you just kind of tuning those things out and just trying to distract yourself with the pleasures of this world? Or do you take seriously the sin and the suffering that's going on around us and mourn? Blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. I mean, that is countercultural wisdom right there. Um, We want to say that, you know, the culture wants to say it's the survival of the fittest. It's a dog-eat-dog world. Like, you got to be ruthless to survive. When Jesus says, no, you've got to be meek. And even meek is the idea of strength under control. And even that it's not all about me. It's not all about defending myself. It's not all about asserting myself. No, blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. No, it's it's the ones who are really trusting God and therefore are, are gentle um, and not harsh and not self-focused that will end up inheriting the earth. Are you a meek person? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. And I think this verse should give us a sense both of justification and sanctification. We are to be people who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And first and foremost, that will lead us to be justified by putting our faith in Christ and receiving a righteousness, being satisfied by a righteousness that is not our own, but is given to us by Jesus Christ. And that will also cause us to hunger after sanctification, a growing in just the righteousness of our lives that we live out. Is that really your heart? Could you really describe your desire for righteousness as a hunger, right? That's a deep desire. Uh, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Are are you able to forgive others? Do you have compassion even on the lost, or do you just look down on them? Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I mean, that raises the bar of purity right there. It doesn't just say blessed are the pure in action. No, blessed are the pure in heart, a purity that goes all the way to the depths of our heart, a purity that comes from the inside out. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. 
those that seek to make peace, those that seek reconciliation, right? Whether that's with you and somebody else or you know, helping others, that that's what God is like. And that's why you'll be called sons of God because you're acting just like your heavenly father. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. Even that, maybe there's persecution you have experienced and you can see, no, that's a good thing. Or maybe you're afraid of growing persecution in our culture. And this can even just help you to pray, God, help me not to fear persecution coming. Help me to see that there will actually be blessing in that for me. So pray through those Beatitudes today. Pray that those really become your attitudes. And even a few will resonate with you to continually pray for in the coming days. Let's briefly discuss now our Old Testament reading today in Genesis 31 and 32. Note again just God's grace and favor to Jacob in 31. Uh, As God tells him to return to the land, as God even says, hey, I've seen what's going on to you, right? Again, we see that God sees. God sees when people are mistreated, and that's something that you can uh, hold on to. God sees your circumstances, and even if you're suffering or if you're being mistreated, God sees that. God cares about that. You, You see Jacob even saying this idea of, you know, I came here all by myself and now look at what God has done. I think that's a good example of of gratitude and just how grateful he is for how God has blessed him. That's something that should be an example to us. And then it ends in chapter 32 with, you know, that famous but somewhat mysterious episode of Jacob wrestling with God. And I think it is, that's a difficult passage, um, to really understand what's the point or, or, you know, what, if anything, is the application to me. And I think there is something to the idea that Jacob has been wrestling with man his whole life, right? With his brother, with Laban, right? He's been trying to do what he can do to get a leg up on others. And he's starting to realize the blessing that he needs is not anything that a human can give him. Anything that he can come from in this world, the blessing that he needs really comes from God. And he is learning to seek that again. That's a hard passage, I I think, but I think there's something to that explanation of it uh, and that we can apply. We should be seeking God's blessing. We should be seeking God's favor above anything. And if we really are seeking God and seeking his blessing, then we should listen to those teachings of Jesus. And we should be seeking the things that Jesus describes there so famously in the Beatitudes. And I hope we pray for those things today and that God answers our prayers and really cultivates those things in our own hearts. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.